Radio, a division of Torah to the nations. All right. Well, we are back on that little dancing note. I saw you dancing around your room, um, <laughs> Miriam. <laughs> in my, only in my mind's eye, I can just visualize. <laughs> but we are back, and it's so good to be with our guest, Dina Dye. And, uh, oh, my gosh, it, it's been a great program and we're we're not even done yet we're just on our last segment but thank you so much dina for explaining yeah. to us and even going to explain more about the dismantling of the gods and around us even in our generation yeah amen well thanks for having me i really appreciate it and again this series is called roadmap for living resisting tyranny and I spent, uh, you know, three episodes trying to explain, you know, how it functioned in the ancient world. And then the last episode was dealing with today. Like, you know, how do we resist tyranny today? And uh, we were talking about, you know, deconstructing the world of the gods. So, you know, God, um, in, a, in a historical setting, God miraculously intervened on behalf of Israel to, you know, to overcome all the obstacles. And we're and talking particularly about the Exodus. And by dethroning these gods, the gods of the Exodus, and we'll talk about the plagues gods in just a second, but it allowed Israel to see that she was not at the mercy of the gods. Okay, And people need to see that today. In spite of everything that's going on, you are not at the mercy of the globalist and the uh, completely corrupt intelligence services in our country. Do you know what I'm saying? You're not at right. mercy. And so we, uh, God will move and show us um, that, you know, we, ha we have to be able to look at this thing differently. So we need to, you know, we need to understand how we worship the God of Israel and not how we worship the gods of, of the God world. <laughs> Again, saying that these, right. they, they're not real and they, uh, they rise up through power. In fact, I was just thinking the other day, um, I, was, I think I wrote this somewhere, but the, the best definition of sin was the abuse of power. Sin equals abuse of power. And you think about every situation with sin and, and there's a, an abuse of power going on. It's kind of interesting. Just threw that in there. So uh, when yeah. you think about, uh, quote, unquote, the gods of the ancient world, their whole thing was to enslave humans. That's what they do. So anytime you see an, an enslaving going on, that is how the gods of chaos operate. They enslave. We could argue that the oldest quote unquote vocation in the world is slavery. And yet here we are today. There is more slavery today, bar none, than there is in the course of human history. Like we can't even grab our hands, get our hands around that. 
But you just think about the Uyghurs in China, for example, as one example. But I mean, go all you could go through every country in the world, and slavery is how the rulers of this world make money and gain power. Mm-hmm. And so now you see it coming to our shores. This is how that the globalist cabal and you know a corrupt government makes money. It it enslaves its people and steals all your stuff. That's pretty much where we're at. And so we're, we're, we're seeing the same spirit enter, you know, is pretty much going on now. Um, I won't go in, uh, let's see. Well, oh, one of the things I wanted to, uh, this was a quote by Dr. John Walton, uh, professor from Wheaton College, but he said that the ancient Near East gods have jobs and God has a plan. <laughs> I like that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and of course our god is is not like the other gods he's not capricious he doesn't have whims he doesn't change his mind every five minutes he doesn't enslave people you know we have to remember the nature of our god in order to understand what he what he is actually doing so if you go back to egypt um and we look at the exodus story now he the story the purpose He's going to liberate his people, but in order to do that, he has to liberate them from the power of the ruling class of the time, right? So that meant taking down the gods of Egypt, of which I believe there were something like 1,500 different gods at the time. So the deliverance of the people of Israel came by dethroning Egypt's gods. So the symbol of the gods of Egypt were manifest in the plagues okay they were the the plague they were they were they were chaos but they were symbols of different gods so normally the pharaoh or the king in in whatever empire he operated his job was to maintain order and to keep everything in order and keep the chaos out now we see our god in, institutes into that environment these methods of chaos in which the Pharaoh cannot control. The Pharaoh is helpless and powerless to stop the plagues, right? Right. This isn't just some little thing. This is the very authority of Pharaoh whose power, you know, over the ancient world at that time. It's showing his complete inability to maintain order. We're talking, you know, this guy's going down. And again, I say we can apply that to our world. I mean, we look out and these guys all have control over all of our institutions and, you know, our finance, everything. But see, there's chaos that's coming and they, they will not be able to stop it. And then what God did in, in Egypt is that he shamed those false gods because they couldn't do anything to, against him. And so in it, he's showing his power and his majesty and his sovereignty to all those gods of, of, the, of, of Egypt. So the different gods of Egypt obviously represented different facets of life. And, you know, the Nile River is kind of ground zero for the world of the gods in ancient Egypt. And, you know, you, you all can read more about that. But um, it's, we now have this, this power that's working against Pharaoh and, and, uh, and against the Egyptian people and against the power base in order to deconstruct the gods and to set the captives free. And so this is just radical, radical for that time. 
And, you know, everything in the ancient world came back to, I mentioned earlier, the sort of divine struggle between, you know, the powers of chaos and the powers of order. So God is showing his order by taking down the, the gods of, of Egypt. And then ultimately the point of all of that was to set the people free from the ruling authorities. So that's kind of the whole plague story in a, you know, in a, in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> wow. wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and some, so what are, what kind of gods are we facing today? Yes. Well, I, you know, we are facing a world of gods. And so I think the way we identify uh, disorder and chaos is, again, by going back to creation. So the number one purpose of creation is obviously to bring forth new life. And the number one purpose in bringing forth new life is to reproduce after its kind. And actually, we could define that as, as immortality or eternal life. I mean, in its very essence, that's what eternal life looks like. The seed comes forth for the next generation, keeps producing, 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 and producing ad infinitum, right? So what are the things in, in Genesis chapter 1 that how is God creating and how is he working against um, the, the myths of the ancient world? I, I would have to say to what comes to my mind, I think this whole move of the chaos in just reproduction in, in marriage, in the, you know, man and a woman coming together and reproducing after its own kind. I think that's sort of the number one, in my mind, the number one area which we're look, looking at complete and utter chaos, the god of, of, of chaos in the natural order of, of, of birth. <laughs> I don't know how else to put it. So this... That thing is just insidious. And so, of course, we have the rise of militant transgenderism and militant LBTDGV, you know, on and on. Of course, we're in World <laughs> Pride Week month or whatever. I think that God over that is probably the most dangerous of all. If we allow this to become the norm, I don't, we don't come back. You know, there's a, you know, we got financial areas and educational area. I, I get all that, and we could argue there's gods over each one of those. But this one seems to me to be the most important because there is not the very nature of God is to reproduce good into the world, and this stuff right, right. is reproducing evil into the world. Right. It's kind yeah. of well, you. you my my husband and I were talking about this the other day and he goes, you realize that, you know, no matter how big they're making it look like we're protecting the rights of all these transgender kids. He said, do you know what kind of minute population that really is? And we're allowing them to do, control our decision-making processes. I mean, if you put it in perspective, you're right, it's it's such a small percentage, but yet they've got such a big mouth. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Sure. Well, this spirit has the potential to completely upend the order of the universe for good. I mean, not for good, forever. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying. This right. is so dangerous. 
and it is the ultimate manifest manifestation you know of cult of cultural marxism cultural chaos um we have entered territory you know we don't we don't really have any i mean i'm supposed there's something in the ancient world and and, and there's a reason that god established creation that creation is the nature of god to reproduce and bring forth life you know so that that spirit is um i think one of the most dangerous of all and we have got to recapture that i mean this and it's as you say i mean it's like point zero 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 you know we could go on and on and yet these people are sophisticated at you know their radical agenda they they They've been working it a hundred years. They got it down. They're really good at it, um, and so this this has to be stopped. And to, when it starts coming in the church, I mean, it's not that we don't help people, okay? Because I would right. submit, and I may get shot for this, but I would submit all of this is is mental illness, and so mm-hmm. now we are uh, exalting mental illness, right? And right. so these well, there was. A- <clears throat> I was just going to say there was a time in um, uh, in the American um, uh, Journal for Psychology that they the APA that they um, it was homosexuality was listed as a mental illness, but the the liberals or the left mindset basically took over the APA. The American Psychiatric Association is what it's called, but um, they they took it over and they got them to remove it as a mental illness. But at one point, you're exactly correct. That was listed as a mental illness, and there was treatment protocols for it. Right, and right. there no longer is. Exactly, and you understand that if this is the heart of our God, our the one true God, this is the nature of who He is. This is you know, this is him in a nutshell, then of course the enemy is going to do everything to upend and make him powerless in the world. Mm-hmm. And so our power comes from him as we exercise it in the world. And by just saying nothing and doing nothing, uh, this is where you end up. And so, the, the, you know, this is the rubber is meeting the road. And, you know, and it's not to say there aren't a myriad of things that are you know that are coming against us but this spirit to me for me is the one that is the most dangerous right well because like you said it it, it its purpose is to destroy the family yes it's you know, that's what's at the core of it it's absolutely because the family is the bulwark of civilization Mm-hmm. Civilization is dead without the family, and so the, again, that's what—that's the the goal and the desire here uh, is to upend the family. And, and comp- I mean, that was—that's one of the uh, tenets of Marxism is to destroy the nuclear family. So it's right. rearing its ugly head in something called cultural Marxism. But again, the, the family is is how. You know, the, the legacy that we leave is how eternity continues on is through the seed that comes forth from the family, the husband and wife, children. You know. I've, I've also heard people are having so many, the families are so much smaller 
so yeah. many people are having less and less children. Well, in case, I mean, there was a time, and I don't think it's the case right now, but there was a point maybe three or four years ago when every, just about every single leader in Europe was, didn't have children. And these people really? are you know, ruling and reigning over their people, right? And they've never had a family. Like, what does that say? Right. Yeah. It basically says they have no clue. <laughs> right. And it's <laughs> dangerous. So, you know, I would say you could, just as there were, you know, 1,500 gods in ancient Egypt, you could probably find about that many, you know. There's, there's not an institution left in America that hasn't been corrupted by, you know, the gods of this world, if you will. Right, right. Yeah, well, yeah, you're right, because if you look in the area of, of entertainment, if you look at uh, the area of science, if you look at the area of medicine, if you look at the area, I mean, just, just name an area, law or justice. It's all it, woke, right? right. Yes. Business, I mean, Wall Street, uh, I mean, you cannot find one that hasn't been corrupted. Right, Except right. we the people, and even, you know, uh, right. maybe not necessarily, but, but the people of God who are in covenant with him, you know, we're the way out. And I don't right, think people right. recognize just how important that is. We are the way out. Yes. And it. God, you know, when we work in tandem with the King of Kings over the whole world, Yeshua, our Messiah, when we're working together with him and with one another, this baby will come down. Right. right. And I love what you just said, working with one another. We might have difference of opinions on certain things that aren't that relevant, uh, but oh my gosh, to be Working together, how important is that? And we need to remember that, too, to not divide us by petty little things. Yeah, amen. So I would just, you know, just to kind of reiterate, you know, the concept of creation is everything. In fact, if you look, uh, the idea of creation is considered to be a liberation event to basically set the, cosmo, the cosmos free from the world of the gods. So when you restore things through a recreation process, you are liberating people. I mean, individually in one in a person's life and in a nation. And so this is that time. And so anything that works against creation and recreation will enslave. When creation is infused into whatever's going on, it will set the captives free and set us free from the the, this, the world that, uh, of the gods is trying to enslave us. Yes, and, and it's so interesting to watch, you know, what's happened. Because at one point, Dina, I thought that the women's uh, movement, the women's lib movement, was going to be the uh, upending feature. But now they're even getting kicked to the curb by this transgender god that you were speaking of. Yeah, well, and my fear, you know, I personally wrestle with where does this descend to? Like, is there a bottom? <laughs> How far yeah. does this go? That, for me, is, uh, I know, I think about that quite a bit. So, 
you know, we don't have time to wait for the bottom, okay? <laughs> right. You know, yeah. we need to get on this. And, and again, this isn't about us. It's not about you personally, per se, and individually, you know, to a degree. It, this is about rescuing everyone. This is about rescuing right. humanity. We have, God has given us, when we work with him, the ability to rescue all of those who have been held captive and enslaved. And do we not care about people at all that we don't care that they're enslaved to Lord knows whatever and that we have been given by the power of the Spirit the ability to help set them free? I mean, not us in our own strength. You understand what I'm saying? And so that just shows me a level of selfishness in the Christian community that is just mind-boggling because we're here to set the captives free and especially those that are innocent and, and the downtrodden and the suffering, you know what I mean? I mean, that's, that's the heartbeat. Right. That's your purpose to serve and to, to, with self-sacrifice and to deny oneself to help others. If you've done well, it, the least of these, you've done it unto me. And I think, I think you hit something very important. Selfishness. We've become yeah. a world of selfishness. Yeah, and the, the church and the messianic community, we're, we're just as guilty because that is where na- human nature goes to. When it's not corralled, it ends up, you know, pure selfishness. So the antidote is self-denial, self-sacrifice, and service. Amen. Amen. And and so we, we've all been given a sphere of influence, you know, yes. and all of our spheres yes. of influence are... Are different. So the, if you're asking yourself, well, what can I do? Well, what's your sphere of influence? Is it, you know, do you have children or grandchildren in the public school system? Start attending board meetings, start running for, you know, on, on the education boards, wherever it is, you know, and I use education just because I've got, you know, more of a sphere in some of that than I do others. So, um, but that's, you know, that's some place that we can start. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and that's you the know. thing. People have forgotten that God has given gives gifts liberally to whomever for a purpose, you yes. know, to yes. set the captives free. You know, I've thought about uh, often that people always want me to run for office, and I have no interest in running for office. Um, but I, because I've figured out other ways I can be a benefit that are where my talents are. Like, I hate meetings, so I would never be a good public servant in that regard. But I've helped other candidates run for office. You know, I donated financially, time, whatever. I'm, I try to do my recordings and, and, you know, videos and write books and stuff to op- open the mind of the public and help people to see. So you find where you, you know, not everybody's going to run for office. I get that. Um, right. but, but you need to engage. And that's, I would say, I'm going to would leave the listeners with that. That is the key. You must engage in the marketplace. <laughs> otherwise, yeah. you know, otherwise we end up where, where we were with Noah. What? It was a world of violence and corruption. Mm-hmm. And it came the same way violence and corruption always comes. And so there was one God sent to restore the cosmos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and how does the kingdoms of this world become the kingdoms of our God? It's it's by us conquering those small little kingdoms, you know, by our input, by our, you know, whatever it is that we can do. 
And so, um, and then we lay those at his feet because we've conquered those areas. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, mm-hmm. so it, it does require us to be involved. Uh, before we go off the air, please one more time share your contact information and how they can become a part of your uh, website. Okay, so the, it's uh, Foundations in Torah, www.foundationsintorah.com. And uh, you can certainly communicate with me through that. And you can go to the website. And uh, like I said, there's lots of free stuff if you uh, want to take a listen to some of my programs. If you're interested in joining our prayer teams, uh, just go to onfireprayer.com. And uh, I've been a little negligent lately because <laughs> I've been a little busy. But we do, I generally send out a prayer uh, text of some sort once a week. So, yeah, come uh, connect with me. Yes. yes. Thank you so much, Dina. Great program. Thank you. Great program. We love you, Dina. Thank you. Oh, you. The darkness must be from the living word. His light now shines. The darkness must flee. Yeshua is the light of the world. Hebrew Nation Radio Online.